We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, check out our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Harry Moser. He is the founder of the Reshoring Initiative after being president of GF Machining Solutions for 22 years. Awards include Industry Week's Manufacturing Hall of Fame. He's participated actively in President Obama's uh, January 11, 2012 Insourcing Forum, member of the Department of Commerce Investment Advisory Council. He's frequently been quoted in the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, New York Times, New Yorker, and USA Today, and seen on Fox Business, Market Watch, and other programs. Uh, Harry's got a uh, BS and MS in engineering from MIT and an MBA from the University of Chicago. Harry, welcome to the show. <laughs> it's great to be here, Laurie. <laughs> You've got quite the rap sheet there, don't you? <laughs> well, I, I, I think so. And then I see someone else who is has 10 times as much as I have. And I say, wow, there's there's always a bigger yacht somewhere out there in the harbor. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Um, yeah, so I'm really fascinated with this with this uh, topic as far as what your background is, especially in the reshoring space. So can you share a little bit about what the mission of the reshoring initiative is? Okay, <clears throat> so we're, we're a nonprofit and our, our mission is to bring 5 million manufacturing jobs to the U.S. from offshore by a combination of, <coughs> excuse me, reshoring by U.S. companies and FDI, foreign direct investment by foreign companies. And we pick 5 million because that's the amount it would take to balance the trade deficit, the goods trade deficit, so that then our imports and our exports would be about equal. So, so our mission is to increase U.S. manufacturing by about 40%. So to recover the, what we've lost from the increasing trade deficit over the last 40 years. Wow, it's fascinating. I didn't realize you were a nonprofit organization, but I love this mission. I think it's it's great. I, I'm anticipating current state with the pandemic. Has this been a positive or negative impact on your mission? The uh, for, for, for our own work, our, our own revenue has uh, quadrupled because companies now realize that it's too dangerous, too risky to be so dependent on offshore, especially China. Mm-hmm. And and so companies, customers increasingly say, make it here. And, and then what we do, we show them that they can make it here in many cases and uh, and and be at least equally profitable. So so we, we overcome that. Well, I'd love to make it here, but I can't afford to. We overcome that issue. So I want to talk a little bit about this trade deficit. Why does the U.S. have a trade deficit problem? I'm not, and I'm not even really familiar with that that language and that terminology. Well, tra- trade deficit again is the difference. Your trade balance is the difference between your exports and your imports, and and so we uh, import 800 billion dollars a year more than we export, and and that's because our costs, our prices are too high here. 
the uh, we have a method to, to compare pricing in the U.S. and other countries, and our price leaving the factory is about 20% higher than Europe and about 40% higher than China, Vietnam, Cambodia, India. And companies, the consumer wants to buy something inexpensively, company goes where it can get at least expensively. And as a result, we have a trade deficit. Now, in classical economics, that, that should go away quickly because the currency should adjust. If you have a big trade deficit, your currency should go down in value versus other currencies. And that would make you more, more competitive or competitive once again, and the trade deficit would go away. But the US being the reserve currency and being the, uh, having the banks and institutions where foreigners want to store their money for safety, all those trillions of dollars flowing in forces the dollar up instead of having the tr goods trade deficit adjust. And so one of the things we recommend is to, is to have the US government uh, act to actually reduce the value of the dollar by 20 or 30 percent so that our companies would once again be competitive. Fascinating. Wow. I'm just taking all that in right now. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to re-listen to this actually so I could just kind of really get grasp hold of everything here. So how can our listeners help help well, you achieve these goals here? I understand. As in, if, if they work for a manufacturing company of any kind or a distributor of goods or a retailer, they could uh, suggest to the company producing or sourcing more in the country. Uh, uh, our, our tools are helpful for that. We have the TCO estimator that helps the company do the math correctly on the all the costs associated with importing or exporting, and, and therefore... Uh, that would that would be helpful for their company. It's also useful for selling. So for the small company to convince his customer to buy from them instead of importing, for example. So we have all kinds of tools to help with that at uh, www.reshorenow.org. And uh, but also as uh, consumers, when they're out looking to buy something, they should at least take uh, take a look a little bit. You spend a little time looking for the Made in USA product. And one of the things I, I wrote recently is a lot of people are out buying things just because it's fun to buy things. And if you're buying something, not because you need it, but just for the pleasure of buying it, then wait until you can find something made in the USA that you could buy that you don't need instead of something made in China that you don't need. That's great. That's definitely great. Cute, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, I yeah, I imagine your website has lots of really good additional information about all of that. all kinds of stuff that people yeah. can use. Yeah, that's great. Um, definitely, I'm definitely going to take a look at that and, and dive deeper and see how I can be a resource as well. So, Harriet, let's uh, switch the topic a little bit about uh, and move into networking and relationships. I'm sure, as you know, that's that's the way the world functions, right? Um, yep. Can you share with our listeners your most successful or favorite networking experience that you've had? I, I couldn't get it down to one. I'm going to give you three. So, <laughs> I'm okay uh, with that. Yeah, I, I have I have the Dwayne Triber story. Uh, so I was at a at an, a Hawaii-located annual convention of the National Tooling and Machining Association. And I'm standing there at the reception one night. I'm talking to Bill, and Dwayne comes over, and Dwayne says, Bill, don't let Harry take you to dinner. And, uh, and Bill said, why not? He's a nice enough guy. And, and Dwayne said, well, about four years ago, 
Harry took um, Shirley and me, Harry and his wife, Joe, took Shirley and me to dinner. And since then, we've bought $4 million worth of his machines. <laughs> okay. And uh, I said, that's great. And, uh, and then the second story, uh, I was Ralph Hart contacted me from Oberg, a big, big machining company, very big, one of the best. And he said, Harry, I'd like you to talk about, uh, uh, talk to a PMA uh, training session. I said, sure. What about e EDM? That's the kind of machine I used to sell. And, and I said, fine. He said specifically, well, uh, how to uh, being able to cut the punches, that's part of a forming process, how to cut the punches straight enough so we don't have to grind them. I say, Ralph, we do that. He said, no, no, we have to grind all of them. And I said, Ralph, that's because you have Mitsubishis instead of Charmies, which was our machine. And within a couple of years, they had millions of dollars worth of Charmies. So that was a nice connection. And the, the last case, I was at a wedding, uh, uh, like a niece, a fancy country club, very nice. I, I went over to her mother and said, anybody here in manufacturing? I, I, I'm tired of talking to lawyers and doctors. And okay, she said, okay, uh, John over there. I talked to John, learned about his company, and they were, um, they said, yeah, yeah, we're planning to get an EDM machine. That's like $100,000, $150,000, so nice to know. I said, okay, we'll be in touch. And so in our newsletter, international newsletter that month, I talked about the, the wedding lead, you know, a, a prospect. Mm -hmm. And then about two months later, I talked about the, the wedding order that we'd actually gotten <laughs> because of the lead I'd gotten at the wedding. And I said, for, now for all the other the salesmen, I'm the president, all the salesmen out there, I'm selling at the wedding. Make sure you're at least selling 40 hours a week out in your job. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> oh, I hear you. You know, I love the stories that are the non-traditional relationship stories that, that take place. The, <laughs> the least expected location where something amazing happens. Yeah, the other thing I do, I'd go, we'd have a big trade show, 130,000 person trade show, IMTS, sure. this yep. machine tool show in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And we'd come in the big Hilton and we're coming down the elevator, 20 stories. And I'd turn around and say, okay, who's here to buy an EDM machine? And people start handing me their cards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's great. I've been to that show. It, it is fascinating. It is massive. Mm -hmm. Definitely huge. So let's talk about nurturing your network. Regardless of the size, small or large, it's extremely important to stay in front of that community that you've created. How do you do that? Well, traditionally, I did it in person because I, I was uh, when I was president of the company, I, I spent a third of my time visiting customers and prospective customers, going to trade shows, et cetera. And so I, I met thousands and thousands of people. So I, I had I had that opportunity uh, since uh, then, uh, still a lot of conferences until COVID. And now I'm doing like last year, I did 60 uh, podcasts and webinars. And this year, I've already got 23 signed up for 2021. So, so, so getting in front of them that way. And then we, um, I get interviewed maybe once a week by the media, uh, you know, whatever newspaper, magazine, what have you. Sure. Um, we put out an article of some kind every week that gets published. And then everything that we put out and everything that gets written about us when we get interviewed, we post on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, what have you. And you know, sometimes we'll post an article and get uh, two, three thousand uh, views, something like that. So we, so we made, and and people are all coming on saying, yeah, 
yeah, Harry, keep doing it. It's great. You're saving the country kind of stuff, you know, which, which then is everybody else sees that that's good. And then it makes me feel good. I go back and I work some more. <laughs> Love it. I, I think that's a great way to stay top of mind is just continue to get exposure from, from the media outlets. Absolutely. Yeah, and easy to keep, keep pushing it, pushing it out to them. And, 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 and it works, you know, obviously you have to have something to say, you know, I mean, I, I yeah. guess if I were, <laughs> if I were, you know, you know, if I were dealing in the, interpersonal relationship kind of stuff. And I, and I, and I was just a pretty somebody rather than, then maybe I could just put my picture up, but that doesn't work for me. So instead I, I put up the work that we do and the, and the accomplishments we're achieving. Sure. Absolutely. So what advice would you offer to that business professional who's really looking to grow their network? Well, I say once we get back to in-person, you know, to physically being with them, with each other, um, work the crowd, what I call continuously but gently. So, so I'm when I'm at a at a conference and there's a reception or you know whatever going on, people will come over say to me and say, "Harry, you're the best networker we've ever seen." And and uh, and so I have a methodology of coming up to people, saying hello, introducing myself, um, and then I focus first on them. You know, I get them to tell me what they do. I get, you know, where do you live? What do you, what's your business? What's your problems? All this kind of stuff. And it doesn't take long. It takes two minutes, three minutes to, to learn enough so that then I can offer them some advice, offer them a lead, offer them a, an introduction, offer them something of value to them. And then when I get around to telling them what I do, I've earned their trust and their interest and therefore uh, we've established a relationship. So, so I, I guess it's give, seek to give before you receive maybe would be sort of a biblical way of looking at it. Yeah. I, that's one of, I have three best practices for, for networking and that is one of the three. Just give okay. first. <laughs> you must <laughs> so. be pretty smart. We're coming up with the same idea. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, how about a fun one here? If you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career? Oh, well, I, I, again, I got the engineering degrees at MIT. In some ways I'd have been better off if I'd like done an apprenticeship first, because I'm not very hands-on, you know, so people say, you're an MIT engineer, fix my bicycle. I say, I don't know how, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, and so if I'd had, you know, two years or four years of hands-on actually making things, I think I'd have been a, a better uh, eventually as an engineer uh, because of that. On the other hand, it would have been quite a detour in my career and I probably wouldn't have achieved everything I've achieved. So it, it would have been different, but that, that's, that's one of the things I've, I've thought about. I love it. I think that's great. There's, there's nothing wrong with reflecting back and, and mm -hmm. seeing if you would have taken a different path, but just based on, based on that super awesome bio I read, it sounds like you've done a lot of amazing things in your life thus far. <laughs> okay, I'm happy. I'm happy with it. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I'm, not I'm not done. I got a lot to do. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about the six degrees of separation. If there was uh, any person that specifically that you would love to connect with and how do you think you'd go about doing that? Well, at the moment, president Biden, so if anybody out there that knows them, I'd appreciate the introduction or someone who's knows someone who's on his staff. I, I did a, an article for Industry Week recently uh, critiquing uh, Trump's results and Biden's proposals 
from the viewpoint of reshoring, you know, what, what will actually bring the manufacturing jobs back best to the country. And uh, you know, I agreed with some of Biden's plans and disagreed with others. And, and I'm, I'm convinced that his team does not fully understand the underlying root cause problems and we could help them with that. We'd love to help them with that. I, I did meet with, with Obama in a, in a meeting at the White House. I tried to get to Trump, never, never succeeded, even though he says he want, said he wanted the things that we want, but it never, never happened. Um, so I'm, I'm reaching out to Biden through sort of peripheral contacts uh, that have sought our advice for the campaign. And I'm saying, OK, I gave you the advice now. It's time to give us some access. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Wow. Yeah. Um, I would love to have you report back on how that conversation goes. It, based on what I've, I've heard, it sounds like it's going to happen. <laughs> I hope. I hope so. Yeah. I believe in you. Unless, <laughs> unless they don't like the article I wrote critiquing some of his ideas. <laughs> well, you know, you got to sometimes uh, disrupt the, the normal thinking to get someone's attention, right? Yeah. You got to tell truth to power. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, Harry, I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What's something that you'd like to ask me? Oh, what do you do when you're not doing interviews? <laughs> well, I run a digital marketing agency called Keystone Click. Uh, we help our clients uh, build brand awareness and generate leads online by conducting market research and building a strategy that's focused on achieving their business goals. And then we support the full implementation of that strategy. I think we were connected because I often share that we target the manufacturing space. We also work with education and um, the semi-professional sports space. Oh, sounds fun. Yeah, you must have a good time. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no good. doubt about that. How big is the agency? Uh, there's seven of us. Been oh, in congratulations. Business. Thank you. Been yeah. in business since 2008. And, and in the last year, people starting to realize they got to be online. <laughs> Okay. Well, very good. Um, thank you. Fun question. All right. So do you have any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Well, one thing you were going to ask me and you haven't is what book are you reading right now? Sure. And I wanted to, I wanted to answer that. The, the Foundation Series by Isaac Asimov. And in the Foundation Series, it's, I don't know, tens of thousands of years into the future. And there's the, humanity has spread out over the galaxy and there's one world that's the sort of the, the world where the emperor lives. And it's sort of the whole world's covered with steel and a hundred billion people or something. But the world, the, the infrastructure and the organization is starting to decline. And they're worried about uh, eventually the whole thing coming apart and, you know, re 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 riots and rebellion and looting and everything else. And, and so, but this, this, the, the, the carry the main character, Harry Seldon has developed psycho history in which he forecasts what will happen in the future of the, of mankind and how, how to adjust that so that it comes out more favorably. And so it's, it's, it's a great sort of mind expanding series for anybody that, that uh, would find science fiction to be worth uh, reading. Uh, and the name of that again? It's called the Foundation Series. And again, it's by Isaac Asimov. It's, it's rated as probably the top science fiction ever written. I'm definitely going to read that. I, I'm looking for some 
fiction to read. I've been heavy in the nonfiction space for a while and got to change it up. (laughs) Um, Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Harry, if anyone is interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way that they can reach you? So again, uh, website, uh, www.reshorenow.org, email address, harry, harry.moser, M-O-S-E-R, at reshorenow.org. Uh, anybody that's uh, that has the possibility to reshore or convince their customer to reshore or just wants advice or help on this sort of issue, uh, email me and in, in the subject line, put something about Lori or social capital so I know that I should open the email. Absolutely. We will include all of that information in the show notes. So if you want to reference it, definitely uh, visit the website there. Thank you so much, Harry, for taking the time to be on the show today. Very insightful and engaging conversation. You've definitely got a lot you got me thinking about. I imagine our listeners will be thinking about as well. (laughs) Thank you, Lori. All right, this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Harry for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking, definitely reach out on our Facebook group or shoot me an email at lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.